Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back to Inside Sources. I'm Scott Simpson. I'm here with Kate Clute. We're filling in for Boyd today, who's on vacation, and he handed us a pretty heavy day. Uh, we're talking about Roe v. Wade and the decision of the United States Supreme Court, and I think there's it's it, it's good for us to finish on this segment, maybe diving deeper into the um, inside the Supreme Court and what uh, what played out there. Um, and, and in fact, it, I want to talk a little bit about Chief Justice Roberts as well. And we have with us, we're lucky to have with us, uh, Mariana Alfaro from the Washington Post. She's a politi- politics now anchor. Mariana, thank you for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. So what's your take on Justice Roberts? I, I, it, obviously, he's the Supreme Court justice. It feels like mm-hmm. he's got a role at, at, that's beyond just ruling. He's kind of a keeper of the court. Do you think that his... his uh, his own opinion uh, was a factor or that portrays that role as chief justice? Well, it wasn't uh, such an opinion on um, the Mississippi uh, ruling, but it was on the main uh, ruling that uh, struck down Roe. You know, he was the one conservative um, justice who did not vote with the other conservatives to strike down Roe, saying that he thought that was a too extreme of a move. Um, and I think that sends a message of just how divided, um, even within the Supreme Court, these conservatives are. You know, I think that if you look back on, on what Robert said when he was being confirmed for the for the job in 2005, he said, you know, Roe is um, set president. We can't change that there. It's been uh, again and again, it, it's been uh, confirmed that this is the, the rule of the land. And while other conservative justices said the same thing during the confirmation hearings today, uh, the only one who stuck to that so it, it, it i don't know if it's like an old school kind of thing or like he's just like the old generation of uh conservative justices uh who knows but he definitely uh, marked his uh distance from his colleagues today mariana you've kind of touched on this already but can you dive a little bit deeper mm-hmm. into justice roberts's judicial philosophy yes um so i would say that um you know his philosophy kind of has been more highlight like highlighted more over the years uh since we started seeing this um, conservative uh, taking over of the court. You know, he used to be one of the more like conservative, like, r- r- right-leaning justices when we had a more, um, I guess, liberal-leaning court. But then we started seeing, uh, you know, Kamala come in. We saw um, uh, Gorsuch come in, and then Bar- Barnett and so Barrett. And so that kind of uh, showed more how Roberts was more in the middle. He was willing to cross um, uh, to the other side. He was willing to. Um, uh, a step out of his own conservative views or his own uh, perspective and kind of agree that there were some um, uh, decisions that he could um, side with the more liberal justices with. And I don't think that that's something we're seeing from the other um, conservative justices. They're not, they're way less flexible about these things. So again, I don't want to say that this is a brand or, or a breed of justice that we're not going to see again, but it does feel like he is um, the only one in the court right now who's very willing uh, to accept that that he can cross um, the aisle or he can agree on, on points that he might not personally be okay with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mariana, when I first read about his, this morning, about his sort of standalone uh, opinion, uh, the first thing mm-hmm. that I thought was, did, did the leak have anything to do with this? Like, is he, would he have taken mm-hmm. another position if the court hadn't been already sort of in this amplified and, and, uh, you know, it's even, before the leak, you've had this sort of Thomas thing going on. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. what, what's your take on that? So definitely Roberts was the first to say that the leak, um, uh, you know, he tried to control damage control a lot, and that wasn't enough. You know, the leak was 
it prepared us for this day, yes, but it also showed us how much in disarray the court may be internally. And again, the Thomas thing specifically, um, you know, nobody who was chief Supreme Court justice wants to deal with that. Um, that's very bad optics overall. But I think for him, um, I don't know how much the leak could have contributed to his opinion because I think he's always been very steadfast in saying, you know, I, I do believe that Roe is that president. I do believe that Roe um, is, is in there and we, and we can't change it. And so I think that he would have stuck to his decision to, um, uh, you know, um, maintain the Mississippi ruling. But um, as he said today, I think the one thing that changed by the leak is him doubling down on his decision to be very obvious about why he didn't uh, vote with the other conservatives and say that he thought that that was too extreme. I think he wouldn't have qualified it that much or like um, expanded so much in his own writing um, if he hadn't been for the leak. But I do think that he would have still uh, voted to to keep Roe. As we wrap up, Mariana, how do you mm-hmm. think the leak draft is going to change decisions from the court in the future and the way mm-hmm. that they work together? Yes. Yeah, so I, I think we're already seeing a, a bit of a shift, even though it's kind of invisible, but like um, it's going to be a more guarded court. And I think that that feeling that um, there was never like a feeling of full transparency, I guess, because again, the Supreme Court, these are uh, things decided um, a very high level. Um, but I do think it's going to be harder um, to really um, get to to see how justices really feel until we have a decision. I think there's going to be more guardrails up. I mean, they're still investigating where the leak came from. Um, but it's definitely, you know, even between the justices, I feel like that feeling of collegiality and um, collaboration might be diminished just because now everyone's looking behind, like, you know, checking their backs and making sure that everything is being kept a secret. But that definitely shook just the general environment of the court. And, and so who knows, you know, people have been calling for a lot of things to be changed at the Supreme Court, you know, um, but this might be the one thing that triggers um, maybe more security or maybe more um, uh, protocol into how these decisions are handled. Well, thank you, Mariana Alfaro from the mm-hmm. Washington Post Politics Now Anchor. We really appreciate not only your perspective, but mm-hmm. the institutional knowledge that you have shared with us today. Thanks for having me. Have a good one. You too. All right, Scott. Hmm. This is our, our final our final thoughts for today on Roe v. Wade. Now well, that we've spent the day essentially talking about this and talking to so many. I mean, we got the congressman. We've. We've talked to the Washington Post. Leadership press conference. Yep. You know, the one thing that is clear is that this is not over. <laughs> you, know, like, right? you know, there's a lot of discussion about what can, what now, what public policy can be passed to move solutions upstream. I mean, we have a trigger law. We know what, you know, the, as soon as legislative research and general counsel's office issues their report, we know what the law is going to look like here. Mm-hmm. It's clear based on the questions that came out that it's not comprehensive enough. It's not sufficient to answer some of the questions that will invariably come. Uh, and so, it, you know, there's there's more to this, and it's heavy, and it's not going to be Are easy. Are you telling me we're going to have to keep talking about this on KSL at night? <laughs> it is, yeah, there's no doubt about it. We will, there will be more about this, and I suspect there we could see special session even before we go through the election and downstream into the into the next cycle. So I was listening to the special coverage that KSL did this morning, um, and Boyd Matheson came on and was talking a little bit about how the government had never been stress tested in this way. And I and I think that is an interesting point because we're looking at you know government institutions, we're looking at elections, we're looking at the Supreme Court now that we've we've been asked to kind of examine how we do things and why we do things. And I can't. I mean, I, I said this before, but I can't stress this enough. If people 
are saying something that you just like fundamentally don't understand why they would say it, you need to have a conversation with them. Yeah, and I hope that we can be grown-ups, right? This is, and this that maybe sounds a little smug, but I just when when we use the cheapest of human emotions to have public dialogue, bad things happen. Exactly. You know? And it, we need to look towards the the highest, most expensive human emotions when we engage with each other, and especially those that we disagree with, right? I completely agree. And, you know, I think we could all do with so many of the issues that we have coming up that we need to address as a country, as a state, as just voters. It's really, really important to to look at each other and have some compassion, I think, and to really listen when someone disagrees with you instead of getting angry. Yeah, it requires so much discipline, Kate. I love the aspiration. I love the idea of it. I just, the, the question that keeps coming to me is, are are we irretrievably down this path or can we back up the truck a little bit? Well, if and, anyone can do it, Scott, Utahns can. That's true. Right? Well, that's, thank you for being with us. That's super hopeful. Yeah, I, you know, we're going to end on a hopeful note. Thank you for being with us. This is Scott Simpson and Kate Clunt filling in for Boyd Matheson. Hopefully we did him proud and he's not too embarrassed of us come Monday. Well, but we appreciate you, you listening. That's probably a tall order, but yeah, we're glad <laughs> glad to have him back. And uh, obviously Boyd will be back next week for sure. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. Listen on any smart speaker and in your car at 102.7 FM. KSL News Radio, Utah's all day companion for news.